because intelligent people, intelligent people fight first, win first, and then go to war. Am I right? And to highlight that point, when we look at the history of the nation of Islam, we understand how the messenger had actually explained to us that, you know, Master Father Muhammad, you know, father, taught him by taking him to all the major scientists. Not many ways though, each one possessed a different level of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. That's a sign. You know, go to this corner. Yes, sir. Go to this corner. Go to this corner. Absorb the information. You know, knowledge <coughs> is unlimited. Nothing in life remains the same. It always changes. Right. You understand? So what we knew here mm -hmm. will one day mm -hmm. have to be rewritten because it will magnify itself. Yes, when I say magnify, meaning everything in life evolves. Right. Not many ways though. We don't have to necessarily say that we want the navy beans, just the navy beans on the boat. Now we know, you know, we've seen how the sisters wind up when a messenger was out in, you know, Washington D.C. when they started making them bean pops. They took from the bowl of soup and they said, well, "No, we're gonna turn these, these you know, these, these beans from the soup right. into some bean pies, you know, and anything else, whatever." And I mean, because I know that Sister Clay Mom, I came home for the first time. They had a squash pie. You know, I ain't never think of no squash pie. Right. I ain't let alone want to eat no squash. Right. I know the vegetables are good, but you <laughs> right. know, I was like, you know, give me, some, you know, it ain't the bean plus, pie. Plus, but it was a plus. Onto something else, brother Ben, to to add on to that, you may have to defend the teachings. So to defend the teachings, you have to have studies from different, you know, different spheres. And really, um, you speak about, people speak about prayer. You know, that's what I tell the Muslims, the, the, the Muslims and Christians and everybody else. Prayer means nothing but silencing yourself and disciplining yourself enough for the word of God to come in. That's, that's what prayer is. You can get prayer through, um, Doing anything that's difficult, anything that's difficult. That requires focus. Yeah, anything that requires focus and concentration allows for a law to come in. Thanks. Thanks for narrating that for me, and abridging it. Yeah. Let me add another you know, Always. step to that bridge. Yes, sir. Look at what the messenger <laughs> said. He said, in message to the black man, he said, prayer is far and more, more important. I mean, he, he said, separation is far more important than prayer. Separation is far more important than prayer because you're not going to be able to receive peace and mind and contentment just praying while you're living in a, a fishbowl of oppression. All your prayers are going to go because you're still going to be beat down. So if you're looking at that, you know, how can you obtain salvation if you limit yourself? And I mean to one step. Mm -hmm because you would never be able to teach the other steps that the other people own. You know, it's like, how can you teach someone in Christianity about the true meaning of, you know, of the history of Christ, unless you study that? And you have to learn how to merge everything, whether it's, mm -hmm. I mean, Khan has said, I am a Buddhist. I mean, I am the enlightened one. Right. I mean, I am a Christian. I mean, I am a Methodist. Mm -hmm. I mean, where's though he stood? Because he understood the words. Right that was being used. And that's the biggest bridge we have to overcome, linguistic language. We don't understand how to communicate. You're right. You're right. And language separates us. So when you're looking at language <laughs> separating us, how can we bridge that gap? You have to know that individual. This is why the messenger actually has sat there and talked. You know, it couldn't take 
No, you, you know, one of them little Muslim Arabs couldn't come over here, you know, and just do it. Although we know Master Muhammad comes from that Aboriginal tribe from Albanzo. Not many ways though coming from the tribe of Shabazz and everything. But those that have migrated, those that have migrated coming from the Khazars and all of them from Europe and took over the Middle East, that's a big different story. Because what they did was incorporate their identity into that area of Arabia that we look at. Mm-hmm. Not many ways though, and place themselves as the focus front. Or you look at the Abyssinian, not many dynasty after they took out the Khalifa dynasty. You know, that's a big difference. So you have to be able to allow your range of thoughts to go out a little bit in areas to explain that area, especially when that area may be affecting our area. Just a little bit. But there's nothing wrong. I mean, and, and, and everything. Like, like, like you, you know, I know Khan, he always sit there and, he, you know, he teaches us what we as though we have to be tops and moderns because that's what the messenger said. Tops and moderns. I mean, qualify yourselves for positions that await you. I'm about to tap you, right? you hear that? Go ahead, mother. You know, when he, when he actually qualify yourselves for positions that await you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I like that. They yeah, like that. You know, qualify yourselves for positions that awaits you. If you're trying to qualify yourself for a position that awaits you, you have to obtain the knowledge in every position that you would be required to answer that calling. So when we look at it, we know we live in the modern day of technology. Everybody don't read books. You know, we should try to cultivate that, but at the same time, we have to understand the level of each individual that we're walking amongst. So we should be like, how can we turn blood in my eyes into an audio? And I mean, where's though, you know, to help those, because as I said, we're visual learners. You know, all of us don't pick the book up. We get tired, we get sleepy or whatever. And I mean, whereas then you look at, I remember that one book in prison that we had, it was called The Culture Bandits. And I mean, you remember that book? You know, it, it explained how people took black people culture from the music and made it into their own. And I mean, whereas though, but they was learning how we was musically inclined to something, that rhythm, it resonated in us. And I mean, and we got to allow that beat to beat in us or whatever, and be able to function accordingly whenever required. We can't call time out. There's no 401k plan on being black. There's no 401k plan on fighting against oppression. And I mean, you know, so we don't have that luxury. This brother here, he, um, he, he, he wasn't just the greatest speaker for black people. His whole thing is, you sit right here. I'll die for us. I'll show you what's going on. He was dealing with the most racist Ku Klux Klan in the world and the way he handled them it was crazy like when you read his book it's gonna be unbelievable it's like you're not gonna believe a man is this tough am I lying yeah. you're not gonna believe that somebody can be this tough man with this kind of mindset man and I'm talking about he, he carries you on and at the end he he uh, had his brother he raised his brother up from inside the jail and he had his brother Jonathan, Jonathan 17 years 17 old, years old had him go into the courtroom like I was telling you yesterday Good morning, Your Honor. We're here to take over. It's nice and calm. Kidnapped the judge, district attorney, police officers, and all that. <clears throat> and uh, they all died, you know what I mean? But it was a statement because this is our George Fort. So when that happened, George is happy. Damn, I raised a warrior child, you know what I mean? And we raising more. So George is, and a year later, just say for instance, 
the police was bothering you. George, if something happened to you, George gonna kill the police that bothered you. That's just how he ride. It did. Maybe an hour later, but don't nobody know who did it. So they're going to blame George for it. So they're going to try to put George on death row. So George see that they're trying to put him on death row, but George is wise. So George go ahead, and he's he been laying it out for years, right? That joke was crazy. He laid it out, and everybody thought he was playing. And then one day, he went on a visit, and he I guess he shaved all his hair. So he was coming in from the prison visit, <clears throat> and the pigs, about five, six pigs around. They said, George, you got a strip. George said, I told y'all the day the dragon was coming, didn't I? He said, George, you got what's that under your head, George? George says, it's the weapon that's going to take, that's going to bring the dragon. <laughs> and George killed all of the guards. He got the gun inside the jail, killed all the guards, all the white bulls, killed them all. Where did he have it? Where did this happen? Where did he have it? Where did he have it? Mm -hmm. This was over in California. No, the, no gun. the gun. Oh, he had it under his head. He had a nine millimeter with two, a double clip under his, under his head. He created a wig. He was real smart. He created a wig. And so when he came in from the wizard. Oh, that's what threw me out. I thought you said he shaved his head, so I thought he was coming in bald-headed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He was. He shaved his head, but he had the, the wig over top of it, so the gun was laying on it with double clips. Okay. So he killed them. He killed all six white cops. Went on to the block, and all the other white boys that was on the block, he shaved, they cut their neck, cut their heads off on the block. Cut, cut all their throats. And then so now when the, when the army and the United States Marshals and, and all that come to, you know what I'm saying, for the jail, because it, it was bloody, bloody, bloody Sunday, man. He, he killed like 30 white boys and all pigs, police, he did all that. And then so now the great thing about him is that when it was time for the police to come, he looked at you and looked at me. He said, man, I'm a warrior all the way through, even through death. He said, they don't want you. They don't want me. Why y'all got to die? It's a great day for me to die. Welcome death. Move right out. I said, damn. He got in the book. Yeah, he's the baddest man ever. He's like, God damn. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www whatisabstribe.com www.whatisabstribe.com yeah, you got to read up and what uh, he do George, is George is beautiful and I mean where's though and it's a lot it's, it's a lot that we can learn from him even when we look at Stephen A. Biko you know and I mean you know how he fought over in Africa you know against the apartheid and I mean where sometimes it's real good for us to learn the history and I mean and one thing I remember, and they used to do this in the final calls, like when we go to the book session, it used to be a whole layout. And I mean, I'm trying to think of what's the sister name. Because we used to order, down in the prison, I, I used to order every month at least around about 500 books. <laughs> right, these boys is crazy. 500 books. 500 books. 
In the prison. Right. Not meaning we would and just... And why did you do that? Because it was about the information. About the information. Young Not meaning where's though. <clears throat> and we used to tell the people, you know, we get them at a discount or whatever. And inside the prisons, tobacco was, you know, it still is. That's currency. Mm-hmm. You know, be like, you know, but, huh, we got them at a discount. Buy this book. We used to get the final call. They'd tell you, you, you know, we used to get them from number 12. But it was miscommunication was, you know, present or whatever. And I mean, you know, uh, so we used to order them straight from the final call. And I mean, where's though? Which we won a thousand papers every week. But we used to sit there and we go to the person's uh, cells, door to door, buy these final calls. We got these books, buy these books. You ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to pay shipping in hand. We bring them. But it was like we know everybody wasn't going to get up and go through filling out that paperwork. Because you had to fill a whole bunch of paperwork out. <laughs> And I mean, so when they said, you know, behold the pale horse, when they used to advertise that in there, and I mean, where's the show, uh, 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 about the, the IMF. And I mean, where's the, we was educating them on everything from the International Monetary Fund. And I mean, much to the black man, you know, and I mean, the birth of a savior. We used to order every, every month I would order these books because we had service in there. And, but the thing is, we got the money off a of 19 cent an hour from what we was making. And we used to tell the brothers, yo, we got to do something to spread truth to the people mm-hmm. because they're dead mentally. And I mean, and we wouldn't limit it, but the Nation of Islam, they used to always put so many different books up in there. And I mean, the ADL. And I mean, where's the, uh, uh, by way of deception. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these books used to be listed in the final call. And I mean, that they used to tell, you know, to show you how, you know, the Zionists, and I mean, you know, was actually, you, you know, infiltrating the PLA and all of this other stuff, or whatever, how they was plotting, yet how they was receiving six, uh, what was that, $6 billion annually from the United States as a gift to help them build up their artillery, yet they weren't providing nothing to them. But all of that, and I say that to say that some way, somehow, we got away from the practice of providing information every aspect yes, to sir. our people. Yes, sir. And I mean, and you have to be able to, you, you know, like the messenger said, he said, you can look at one of my followers and he will hold a audience spellbound off of one word for hours. And when you look at that, like, what, what does it mean? You know, like you can hold an audience spellbound for hours off of one word. It's just like, you can take the word the, you know, that's an adjective that's going to describe a noun. But what is the? And I mean, the what? What's the noun? And I mean, and go right into it. You're supposed to be the black man. You're supposed to be the father. You're supposed to be the protector. You're supposed to be the maintainer. And I mean, you're supposed to be the cultivator. You're supposed to be even a chef if you have to be. Because it's an art. And what did Mesna say? We have to learn the arts and science of civilization. That's deep. Yeah, let me let me share something with you, bro. Learning the arts and science. The arts and science of civilization. Right. Mm. That's in message. We talk about reading everything. A lot of for a lot of years, a lot of people thought I was free. I was just an avid supporter of black people. And I love the nation. 
I love the nation because of their discipline. And that would mean you were free. Right. I was already exactly. Yeah, that, to a point. Mean, but but like yeah, Ta- yeah, yeah. did you hear what Taqui said? Yes, Taqui said we have to understand the words that we use it. Mm-hmm. Like for example, one of the things that we're gonna go in on on Saturday and, and, and gives us a, a strong uh, spiritual presentation. Piece. First of all, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna draw all the people to us because people are no longer under the, the banner of religion. Every Technology shot religion and racism in both of their eyes. They dying. They dying. So what they're doing now is the whiteies has gotten smart, and what they're doing now is they're doing class. Because they don't even give a fuck hell about their own kind. What they need is money. Because it's really, it's always been the intelligent versus the unintelligent. This is why Farrakhan is always able to do what he wanted to do. Because they understand that Farrakhan, along with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, is of a god. Because anyone that can lead their people have more knowledge than everyone else. So therefore, they understand in the high, high echelons of the brain that Farrakhan is the wisest black man that we have alive because he has did more fighting. And what we're going to do is let everyone know the, the, the importance of words and learning words because y'all say y'all know all this Islam, but y'all don't even know English. You say you believe in Allah. And you want me to say that I believe in God too? A belief is not for me to change. We we leave in all beliefs in the past. If you say that you believe in God, then basically what you're saying is that God may be true, but he may not be true. It's a possibility. They don't understand that. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny when you say that because right. I look at what I mean, our honorable prophecies, you know, Tanetta Muhammad had once said, right? And you look when she had wrote The Come Up By Night. You know, it's a nice book. You really have to look at it. Mm-hmm. She had said, when you look at the word Allah, there's actually two words. Oh. It means the God. The God. Going back to what I said. It is. I mean about A-L understanding the use of words. Oh. Oh, it means A-L. No, it's A-L. A-L is the. That means the. And L-A-H. Means God. Right, God. Allah. I mean, where's the. But it actually means the God. So when you look at them, you know, them words, you have to understand it. And when you break it down, when you just told him on breaking down, you have to explain back to the people how to effectively communicate. I mean, that's an art. Communication is an art. The scriptures, whether you're coming from the Quran, you're coming from the Bible. I mean, you know, when you look at the end of the beginning, it was the word. That was my mindset that got me out of prison. I went in with a third grade education, but I was like, I do not know how to read and write. I don't know how to use words. I knew how to cook Coke, and I knew how to bust my burners. But I did not know how to communicate, which would have saved me and helped contribute to save other people. But that's something we have to look at. Understanding the arts and science of communication, and it's through the usage of words or the proper usage of words. Because we see how words have been corrupt, tainted. This one we say the Bible has been tampered with. The Quran has been tampered with. Everything has been tampered with. Even when the messenger said, we are no longer an example of the original man. We have been tampered with. You understand? So everything has been tampered with. So now it comes a point where we have to learn how do we rebuild or reconnect. I mean, you go back to the word when you mention religion, you say it's been shot dead or whatever. It comes from that Latin word religio. I mean, which only means to go back to. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, where's though? Re- you know, so when you're looking at it, 
if you saying you are religious, you are going to go back to that which you originally were without suffering from that amnesia I spoke about, without suffering from that lack of awareness of who you are, know what I mean, and who you can be. We change, fulfill, and repeat history. That's a fact. So history don't repeat itself. No, we change, fulfill, and repeat. History all. You know how many times we done made history? Probably. By walking up to one another and seeing and hugging each other. Right. Every time we've... That's a repeat of history. Because we have a relationship that's honorable because the two of us stood upon our feet in them furnaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, but we respect. So we repeat history. This is nothing but a repeated history. Because we're going through positive thought process. We're thinking. We're expressing. We're we're sharing our thoughts. We're not doing okay. So in the sense. But the only thing we're doing now today, we're adding to it. That's how we modernize it. That's how we bring a new. We add on. See, I'm, I'm a, this, is my, this is my firm belief. That's why I was going to Let me get before you hit that. Because you cut me off. Bro. No, I got it. I got it because I, 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 I want to share this to nail them. I just got to give y'all some backdrop about my co-worker, Jeff. Oh. You know, not me, very active. You know, not me, you know, a lot of people. You know, uh, he also has his own radio show. You know, not me, and it's, it's a community radio for the people. You know, not main where's those so, you know, like, you know, somewhere, you know, in the midst of it. Y'all may want, I'm sure he probably will give y'all an invite to come explain, you know, what, you know, is going on, what you working on. But one thing that I do want, right, Nell speaks about bringing the people back, not me, to themselves. Not me, Jeff and I, Jeff cover that as well, but at this particular location where we at right here, we're speaking about trying to save the lives of people from mass incarceration, from death, from miseducation, from lack of, you know, uh, uh, economics. Not mean where's though under housing. Not mean where's though. So I hope that you take a moment to really observe. This is this is this here. You know, the messenger said that he gave this. We were the top of the clock for a reason, but we lost identifying ourselves as that 12, that rulership, that top of the clock that he once gave to this city. This is a Muslim city, although they're not of the nation no more, but they call this the Muslim city because of the history within inside the nation of Islam being spread. You can actually drive through North Philly and drive past the house that Malcolm first lived in, still up and standing, mm-hmm. and it's abandoned. You can drive past and see the, you know, the first temple number 12. You have around about 16 of them all over here. Now you're looking at two. Now, I mean, you, you know, uh, you can go through the city and you can see so many signs of when Muhammad Ali, you know, this was built, this was built. And then I'm going to the history part and linking it with Jeff. We don't tell our history with the regard to enhance our people to be better than that. Like I said, the reason I read the books and I wanted to measure me according to them, not saying I was equal to them, but I came from that same bloodline or I came from that same sipka. I'm gonna use the Arabic word for this. That sipka, I mean that DNA of God. They came from that also. So I started looking and saying, why aren't I projecting that? I'm, I want to write my own history, but not pay due mm. by honoring 
the history of those before me that paved the way. And that's the problem. And that's when I had spoken, said earlier, that individualism. So I hope for this trip here, you definitely take a look at the city of Philadelphia. I mean, you, you know, it won't welcome you, but you can welcome it to who you are because you are beast. Everybody. And I don't say that. And you, don't, you never appeared to me as a person that sought for validation. You expressed your thought. You expressed it with openness. I mean, like they say, our heart, it sends one and a half pint of blood up to our brain. That's what helped them 14 billion brain cells to develop them thoughts, them patterns, that behavior. I saw that in just videos, you know, or you putting up, here's a speech, not me on Khalid and, you know, Farrakhan. You know, here's a speech on Farrakhan. Here's this, whatever, whatever information, and you explaining that. Mm -hmm. I remember Farrakhan said, about the youth. He was like, they are the greatest warriors Josh. we ever produced. And Joshua is mean. That's my best book in the Bible, the book of Joshua, more so chapter seven. And I say that because it's, it's a major mishap that happened in chapter seven. When Joshua was going around to battle with the AI people. And I mean, he wind up succumbing to defeat at the numerous battles that they fought in the name of God, victorious. However, when he came upon the AI people, he fell, and he fell upon his knees and prostrated to the Lord. How did we fall when you told us? He said, because Israel has sinned. And he said, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean Israel has sinned? So he gathered in his states in there. How, and, and this is why I say to the Christian community, we got generals and you know, lieutenants. We got a military in, inside the body of God. You can't minimize and say you don't want to see that. In the book of Joshua, explained that there was generals in the army of God. Not many ways, though, but he actually said to, uh, uh, it, it says, and the Lord spoke to him, Israel have sinned. So Joshua gathered all of them together, and he said, go search every tent. And it turned out that Akan, he wound up stealing some of the booty and wool and buried the booty below his tent. And I mean, so when the generals dug up the tent and found that Akan, he had actually stole the booty that Poster went to the Lord for the people of God. What it says Joshua done, Joshua gathered everybody and they stoned him to death. Him, his wife, and his children. And I always look at that. The acts of one person can affect the whole. Mm -hmm. The acts of one person can affect the whole. Mm -hmm. Is that symbolic I mean, to one man controlling the thousand? You know, it's, it's symbolic to one man affecting the whole. Affecting the entire universe. Right. Okay. One cancer cell. And I mean, cell. Okay. you know, the entire universe. Mm -hmm. So when I share that story, like, you are truly an inspiration. The acts that you do, everybody in this city talks about it. Everybody. They may not understand it. They may not even know how to implement it. But it's your youth and your wisdom, your level of intelligence. And the progress and degradation of people comes by the disunity that we have in our communities. And what I mean by that is that we're not outnumbered we're out organized. 
So we have to look at it from the aspect of what Bobby was just saying is, is you know, that one individual will always be in our midst until we continue to speak the truth to power and on every level. Uh, words have power, as Bobby was saying, but not just the power that's in the words, it's the way that we use those words yes, right. to communicate that message with power. That's what speaking truth to power is about, is formulating the words in the right articulate way so that not only it resonates, but it lands softly and hardly whenever it needs to. Because there's sometimes your words, our words have to land harshly and we have to be comfortable with that. We have to be comfortable with telling people, you know, calling them on their crap. I don't want to use vulgar language, calling them on their crap. But we also have to be gentle to some people who may not know. Our challenge in the black community is that we, we think everyone has the same knowledge base mm. as everyone else, but they don't. This is not to excuse the brother who's hiding the booty from the camp, but it is to allow for us to have that understanding that we have to elevate those brothers so that they don't hide the booty. You know what I mean? Because there's some brothers right now thinking that they're doing good in, in, in our communities, but they're really detrimental to our communities. They're the ones who are going to eventually backslide and hide the booty and go back, as Bobby was saying. That religion is the recalling of what you think you came from, not knowing where you're really from and where you need to be. So that religiosity is really an infectious disease in our communities that's really infiltrating the mindsets of a lot of brothers, thinking they have to be attached to something that they really need to be free from. Mm. Mm. So the words that we use, it manifests power, but again, we have to be able to use the right words to infuse that power to the change that we want. Because uh, as my brother Nell was saying, we have to leave belief behind. Because if we can take belief forward with us, then we're, we're still bonding ourselves to what the white man wants us to have, and that's religion. We want to be free to be the gods that we are. Bobby said something that was powerful yesterday. He talked about theophany. Theophany is coming to be God in the flesh. There's God in the flesh, meaning that God is in each one of us. If we realize that God is in each one of us, then we can manifest the, the destiny that we all claim to have. But if we don't realize that we're created in the image of the God that we are serving, then we will never be able to assail to the heights of the success and make a difference in our communities. And he also talked about the youth. The one thing that's powerful about the youth is that so many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094 will give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. We all can attest, and you can even attest, I'm just assuming you're the youngest person at this table. You can attest that no, as a young... He is. <laughs> I'm 16. But, but one thing about for the youth, what we can always remember, and I can remember in my youthful days, that there is no fear. There is no fear. Uh, not not fear because of, of ignorance, but fear because of you're challenging the unknown. And what happens as one gets older, if they do not get wiser and obtain the understanding, the mastery of words, the divinity, and who they really are and where they came from, where they need to be, they will not. They will still be in fearful state. But for those who don't, they will be captured by fear. And if you're captured by fear, fear will silence you in moments when you need to speak. Youth don't have that. They're inquisitive at all times. And that's why youth make the greatest words because they will always be the ones that say no. 
lot of people today are really challenged with the millennials this, millennials that. Why? Because millennials are challenging the old system, the old guards. And when they do that, it brings, it brings to light the shame of others. And there's a lot of shame in our communities. And Bobby said it also, Philadelphia will not welcome you, but you can welcome it. Welcome it by your words, by your presence, by your authority. And when we continue to do that, we'll set people free because then they know that they have an image and an opportunity. And that's what people often look for. They look for an image to assail to an opportunity to express themselves. If we don't give them that image, then they will never seek that opportunity. And that's not to be a role model image, but it is what it means to be an image of courage, hope, and strength. That's what our ancestors have always pressed for. That's why in the days of oppression, they always looked for the image of opportunity, hope, and strength. And they knew that it was there. That's why they pressed on. That's why Nat Turner had his revolution. That's why Martin had his. That's why Malcolm had his. And that's why even people look at Obama in a certain regard, because it gave them that hope. And Obama's audacity to hope was what was given to the people so that they can have their voice, have their strength, have their moment. Um, our community right now, black people, black men, uh, we're being challenged. We're at the apex of the moment right now. And what are we going to do in this moment? You know, are we going to continue to cower and have fear? Are we going to speak truth to power and use our words to elevate our hope, to elevate our women, to elevate our communities? I believe we can. And I believe we will. And I believe you, you young brother, you're the voice that's going to lead us to that area. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And it's going to definitely make a positive impact. Praise wow. you. Wow. Do you, do you all think that... Um, we need to be free from religion or false religion. The reason I said it is you, because of how he... Could you, could you, hold on one second, because I want you to repeat that. Brother Ben, can you repeat your question again, please, sir? Uh, so I'm asking the OGs, uh, not gangsters, but the gods, do they think that we need to be free from religion or false religion because uh it means to bind back to as the brother was saying and i was listening to a lecture of the minister the other day and he said that uh he was speaking of people who said i don't believe in god no more mm -hmm. and he said the white man never taught you about god mm -hmm. you know so this mystery god that we thinking about or this sky daddy up in the sky never existed so he never even taught you about god so mm -hmm. you don't know god in the first place so you know when i think about religious I think of it as more a way of life, like you should brush your teeth religiously. You know, I used to play basketball religiously. And um, for the most part, um, hearing the minister break it down, uh, the religion that we have today, uh, which I believe is what we should remove ourselves from, is the uh, the ritualistic uh, thought that this was make you righteous. So because you're praying five times a day, that makes you righteous when it doesn't. The minister said the damn devil can pray five times a day. Um, he said that when you are doing something and you don't know the meaning of it, that you become a religious slave because you're doing it without the spirit. So he even talked about those who are Sunni Muslims who would say, well, I'm, do you pray five times a day? Although we do, he would say, why do you pray this many times in the morning? Why does the prayers increase in the, in the evening time? If you just saying, well, that's just what Prophet Muhammad said. If you don't know the meaning or you're not even interested in the meaning of it, then you're just a religious slave doing something because somebody told you to. And he said that the ritual is only is a reminder of the principle. So it says in the Quran that um, the remembrance of Allah is the greatest force. And then somebody asked the minister, so did you make your salats today? Or, you know, don't you know it's time for prayer? The minister said, I'm always praying. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm always in constant prayer because my mission, my life is about 
the 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 remembrance of Allah, giving Allah to you all. So I'm always in constant prayer because that's the reason for the prayer. So if you uh you you working, you doing everything else, and you really don't keep your mind on God, yes, the prayer is good for you because you're remembering something. But if I make my lifestyle this, there's no reason for me to. Uh, uh, be condemned because I didn't make a prayer at this time because I'm always working for God. So do you guys think that it would be effective to say no religion? Because those of us who are Christ in Christianity, when you say something like that, they become rebellious. Like, what you mean? I got to give up my God? Or should we just teach them the true religion and use that language and, and come through that field? May I answer that, please? Mm -hmm. May I answer that? And <clears throat> First of all... <clears throat> I love you, little brother, and I love what you stand for. And what we realize from your conversation is that we need a great deal of intelligence. Mm -hmm. One without intelligence will never be able to answer your question. And this is why we seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. Under major change, no, absolutely not. We don't need religion. And the reason why we don't need religion is because re means to do over and to go backwards. But what we do need is a system of spirituality. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between religion and yeah. spirituality. Religion is man-made. Spirituality is God-made. You can remember being one and two years old and your mother pushing you through the stroller or caretaker, looking up at the beautiful sun and getting a feeling in your, in your soul or in your belly. That's the spirit. Religion is something that you had to learn by going through the rituals of church or going through the rituals of a mosque or going through the rituals of a temple. So what we need to do is understand that we cannot, under no circumstances, continuously divide God into fractions. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have to develop major change because every religion cuts God up like he's a pie. Under major change, we like to keep God as a whole. Uh, Christians believe that if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you will not make it into heaven. Mm -hmm. The Muslims believe that if you don't believe in Prophet Muhammad, you won't make it into paradise. The Catholics believe if you don't believe in David and the Jehovah's believe if you don't call God Jehovah, you won't make it into heaven. So years ago, and as a youth, I realized that I should not have to play multiple choice to get into heaven. Because if you have to play multiple choice to get into heaven, what's the sense of wasting time? And then when I realized the Muslim faith under the prophet, the prophet says that there will be 72 more sects of Islam and only one will make it in. At that moment, I decided to be wise enough and say that if I'm going to be condemned for creating the act, I might as well create the act of Islam myself. Our Islam may get it in. You see my point? If the prophet says that it's 72 sects of Islam and only one going to get in, who's going to get in? the one that recognizes that he is God. Mm -hmm. So it's basically about understanding what we read and placing what we read, what we read into the contents that cannot be refuted by the high-minded people of today. And that's what we're doing. So yes, uh, religion is for profit. Spirituality is for God. Because if religion was really real, then man would not make money off of it. I should not be told that this is the word of God and then I have to go in my pocket and pay for it because who's getting the money, you or God? So no, religion is unnecessary. It reminds me of the Flintstones. Hmm. In this day and time, major change is of the Jetsons. So we love religion. It has taken us to this point. 
But this point is where we can change our minds and change in a different direction because now we have something that we have never had before. What is that? Technology. So therefore, we're living in the greatest time that has ever been created. And what I like to ask everyone is who is going to own their day and time? Major change. So I like that point you made, uh, which is actually why I was saying false religion. Because when you speak about, and many of our people speak about the, uh, the charity, um, to me, I don't think the person personally is paying for the word of God because you already received it before you even had to pay. It's more like a donation to me personally. Um, and again, I, I don't think the person should ever be told that you're giving to God. I believe that is, uh, of course, um, a lie because God don't need the money. Uh, I believe it's the congregation or the building that needs the money. And that's what they just need to say. Um, this is going to this. We're going to use this as an incubator. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the mosque should be uh, an employment center or the number one employment center. So I feel like um, if anybody is being told that God needs your money or you're giving this to God per se, like literally, and not to us uh, because we have to have this building over, then that's just a lie. And that is a uh, false religion. And when I go about when he said uh, the rituals is a reminder of the principle, um, I believe charity is important um, for all um, organizations that are trying to build you up uh, either spiritually or religiously or morally because to me charity is not just about you giving to that building it is to control the greed as well so when you're uh, um, agreeing to give 10% 5% 1% give out of what you're getting you're allowing yourself to master the internal forces. And when you master the internal forces, the outside forces can't make us move a certain way. So because I'm already used to giving in charity, whether if it's physical money or my time, you're giving away some kind of charity. Now the enemy isn't able to look and say, okay, he's greedy. So let me give him this because if I'm too you know, uh, greedy with my money, the enemy can just give me some money and make me do anything. But if I'm constantly giving to something, whether it's to the church, mosque, or to the youth, it's helping me as an individual build up spiritually. And that's the way I believe it should be taught, not that you're giving to some God and he needs it. Well, Does that make sense? Let me add. Oh, I want to add. I, I want to, because I waited. I waited. <laughs> yeah, I got you from there, good brother. Okay, you talked about the yes, religion sir, being uh, whether she would get away with false religion or yes. no religion. I believe first, as they always talked about and they said about the Bible, is the graveyard of the people, right? Scripture. What, what do you we, mean by that? The graveyard of the people, that's where the people lie, that's where they're dead at, by believing in the um, scripture. Okay. In the sense of uh, the way that religion is being taught. Now, well, for my studies... Because you'll lead a person to okay. believe that you say the scripture. Right, okay. yeah, that's why. That's what I'm saying. Okay. okay. And, 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 you can't say. I got to overstand, over, overstand, you know understand, overstand, 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 overstand. Yeah. I'm getting the point. I might can't articulate as y'all, but I have enough inside of my brain to be able to convey what I need to convey, and that's only through the act of God. Um, religion comes from the science of life. It's it comes from the science of life, so that others can live by. It was a way. This is why most religious and theologians, when you do this study, for an example. You talked about Prophet Muhammad, why he says something. It's easy, just like history, to quote something to remember a date, route memory, ritualistic, right? Being a robot, right? Go into the meaning of why was it, why did it happen, and then break down what was the purpose for it happening, and then what was the outcome as to where they're going, the direction. 
So if someone says something, I don't care who it is, why did they say it? Why did it come about? And what direction they're trying to go? We have to have that understanding if we're talking about even competing with anybody on any level from a different denomination in which we believe. So we can't just go in and say, oh, the Bible says this and quote something. No, we got to understand what they're talking about because now they can say, well, no, he meant this. As they said, King James, he came to the high priest and he told them he wanted, he wanted him, no, throw away the Bible. That's what King James told him. He said, throw it away. And the high priest said, nah, he said, no, we can't do it. He said, well, write it in a way that they need someone to interpret it because King James wanted to be a part of writing it himself. But he couldn't do that from the high priest because he had the power over everybody. So he said, King James said, well, write it in a way where as though they need someone to interpret it for him so that I can still have control. Own nothing but control everything. He didn't own the Bible. He wasn't ascribed to the Bible. Own nothing, controlled everything. But he controlled everything through the interpretation because he wanted the minds of the people still. And that's how they did it. Now, secondly, we talked about culture. And everything that you and I just talked about, this is from our scholars, black scholars. I've learned, I've, don't get me wrong, George, and, George studied on Mayo Sang Tung, uh, Ch uh, Ming. He studied a lot of various of uh, revolutionary thoughts, and he studied everybody. And I used to read people and see who did they draw from. So now this goes back to your question, if you didn't read George or not, I got to join on death. By you coming under the nation of Islam, you have brothers that raised you and that are around you that read George. So you got a part of George in you. You see what I'm saying? Even if you didn't actually have to go through the book of reading joy. But I, I, it's best to read it than not read it. That's what I would say. You see what I'm saying? Because it ain't going to do nothing but sharpen you up. Culture. Culture, in essence, the actual definition of culture is a shape or mold for thinking. This came from Dr. Amos Wilson. He's one of our best. And I challenge him and African senators' conscience to anything else I've ever read. Because remember, I've done read it all. This is why I'm saying what I'm saying, and I'm standing on it. I'm not leaving my, my post for it, because I'm willing to die for major change. I was, the major change was given to me by this man through the seeds he planted to me in Western Penitentiary. But then I had to connect it to my life, my collective experiences, what I've been through, what my mother been through. You see what I'm saying? I told my mother something that's, that's similar to your story about you being born in jail. Did you know my oldest brother's name was Joseph? My name is Andre. My little brother's name was Isaac. And my mother's name, Laura? That's jail. When I told my mother that over the phone, she said, well, baby, how you think of that? And she was in jail. You see what I'm saying? That's because I, could, I, I have a, a correct understanding of my reality in which I'm going through. You see what I'm saying? I embraced it all. That's why I call my, son, my name the son of Malcolm. Because I embody the spirit of Malcolm F and all those that came before him. And all the way up to the present day and time now. That's why I said I'm the son of Malcolm. Remember, he had no sons. He had daughters. Now, culture. As we was going back to talking about what you were saying about culture. Yes, language. In this, in this, in this part right here, you have what it is. Other ethnic communities, right? Ethnic groups. They got flags. Independence, right? Now, culture, a shape or mold for thinking. In it, you're going to have a language base. So what we say saying under major change, we got our own language base. When I was with Real Street Talk and I sat there with them brothers, we had our own language base to come up with a business proposal. Even if we was to speak and we had mis made a miscue, the people wouldn't know, but we would know. Because we had created a language base that we owned. And we was able to communicate with the people and articulate to the people. And as Sakin told me, this is Joseph Bowen's uh, comrade. Killed police and all that. Oh, he raised me when I was in Somerset. Albert Ford is his name. He's in the books. He said, he who can articulate the situation of a victim has ceased being a victim and has now became a threat. 
So in other words, yes, we do need an army. We do need a government to create a new while we're here in America. They're not power. They're not going. Powerful people will not train nor educate powerless people how to take their power away from them. We must do it ourselves. We demand it. That's where I'm at with it. Run, See run what I'm saying? Powerful people will not. Powerful people will not train nor educate powerless people on how to take their power away from them. We must demand it now, and that's the point to where I'm at. So going back to culture, it talks about language, communication, courtesies. What is these things? What are they? Right? Rituals. We just got from this discussion with rituals. Roles. What roles that they play inside of a society from the uh, local, state, and federal level? Because remember, we deal in a society that deals with a hierarchy, a chain of command, just like the pyramid. The bottom to the top, but the bottom is the foundation. It's the people. What I've done, I've done something since I've been home you know, all this time, about a year and about five days now, right? I've been doing grassroots work. I don't need no help from no one but the people that I've connected to. And I've everybody that ever that knew me, that ever been around me, been in my presence, say the same thing. And anywhere I ever went, I always left an impact of God amongst the people. You see what I'm saying? That's why I call myself the son of Malcolm. I know I got power. I know who I am. So in culture, what we have to do is create our own culture. It's a cool we gotta remember this. When you talk about culture to the common layman. There's a culture inside schools. There's a culture inside a workplace, just like even here in the office place. There's a particular type of culture. But the cultures in which that are being, uh, that are being properly perpetuated is the culture of white supremacy. And if you are not going to speak against that, shut up. Hey, family, listen, I know COVID has messed up some of our vision and some of us, our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry, but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020. We want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be. We want to help bring that vision back. So we have a crazy bundle for you going into Black Friday. This bundle, we got Purpose to Profit, which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business, six-figure business from scratch. We're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product. We're going to teach you how to market, how to scale, how to productize. We're going to teach you how to test. We're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things. Not only with that bundle, you're also going to get Private Banking Blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system. Yes, you heard me, your own banking system. And guess what? Guess what? It's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Banking Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today. See what I'm saying? Let me, let me ask you a question. Go. I mean, because that's got to be challenged. So what we want to do is we don't want to... Um, I may use another word, but I'm saying because, it to us. Because, because okay, we, here's, here's, the thing, right? here's the thing. The Nation of Islam is the only true establishment of um, really having a fortified system and direction for black people. To follow. Right? So what major change can only do is try to mirror what was done and our grandfather's past and bring it to this day and time so that our people be able to understand. So is it just like the Constitution when they talk about amendment or when we had the MA handbook in prison, they gave us a supplement for the jail. One thing about a, 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 a law or policy, you can't take away from it. You can only add to it. You May see? I add this? Is, you get it, Takwe? 
do it, kid. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember the messenger said that. Anything that's and doing nothing. Just, I got pass around. Y'all ain't got to pass around. I ain't got to talk about it. I remember Elijah said, anything that's doing nothing is considered nothing. All right? Time is calculated by motion. From this distance to this distance. That's mathematical equation of time. From us deciding to get up in the morning to live our lives, to produce you know, freedom, justice, and equality for our people. That's time and motion. We don't have to create culture. This is going to your question. I believe false religion needs to be stomped out. I believe religion is, as I said, understanding the origin of the word, going back to that which you come from, is critical. You don't have to create what you once were. All you have to do is understand where you came from so that you can display and exemplify that culture. So you don't have to create it. It already exists. We just don't remember it. So since we don't remember it, we need to reconnect ourselves to that which we originally come from, whether it's coming from books or verbal or audio forms of expression. That's the positive side of it. Not I mean, but however, everything in life changes or it evolves throughout time. Nothing remains the same. So as we look at that culture, we will enhance that culture that our ancestors once had and enhance it to this modern day of time. So to answer the question, stumping out false religion is imperative. Enhancing the remembrance or going back to that which we originally once were is imperative for us to exemplify it 100% with boots on the ground and eating out of our helmet. That's my motto. That's the motto it has to be. And the reason I say that is because... Um, the minister was asked a question one time at the end of his, in his, in his, uh, of his lecture. And in the Quran it says uh, that Allah would accept nothing besides Islam. And um, he said, well, when you go speak at these churches or these other places, why don't you tell them that, um, that Allah won't accept nothing besides Islam? And so going back to the origin, what is Islam? Islam is peace. Islam is obedience to do the will of God. Um, and I always like to add for the ones who don't believe in God, add an ode to God. Now you got good. Obey your higher self, that voice that's within. And so he said, um, you know, if you're a Christian and you're obedient to the will of God, if you're a Christian and you're, you know, you're fighting for freedom, justice, and equality, if you're a Hebrew Israelite and you, you know, you're applying the principles, you know, because the ultimate goal isn't to get everybody necessarily to join because we believe that the lost found members are all members already. Everybody aren't going to be vanguard. Um, so with that being said, I like the way he answered it because he was like, you know, it's not necessarily by a title because before the word Islam was actually a word, it was already in fruition, you know, so Islam has no beginning nor ending. What does that mean? Does it mean the word has no beginning nor ending? It means that lifestyle obedience to the will of God, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything that has motion now had to be put in order. So it's following that law. So the reason I say that is because sometimes it, on social media, when people come out to Jesus, 
you know, the, like, for example, our Hebrew is like brothers. If somebody saying Jesus, they'll stop. You know, brother, the letter J wasn't invented until such and so and so. I don't think personally that it's as productive because the person, because of that belief, you haven't dealt with that belief yet. They're going to be rebellious. Everything you say after that is blah, 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 because you told me Jesus is not real. Brown. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is not real. So instead of saying Jesus is not real, you know, teach them about the true uh, characteristic, teach him about what he actually was about, teach him about what he actually was about instead of trying to tell him something different. You know, you got to feed him with the milk first, then you grow him up to, listen, this is when the letter J. Now he can understand it, but if you come straight with, no, everything you know is right. false, yeah. then sometimes our people, Good from my experience on social media, yeah. they just don't listen anymore. After Good that. observation. Yeah. And, that, and that's where, for me, I'm, I'm like agreeing with everything Brother Nell, Bobby, and, and Son of Malcolm was saying. It's about bringing them to that point of enlightenment mm -hmm. because, you know, religion has its control mechanism, particularly amongst black people. It was a tool that was used, as he was saying, by King James, and it was a tool that was used that entrapped and enslaved people. It was a tool that was used right now that still yes, manipulates sir. a lot of people in the way that they think they have to behave or act a certain way else they won't get to heaven, they Imposed won't get these order. blessings. And impose order, right. Imposed order. So it's that control mechanism, but when we talk about should you know religion or false religion be done away with, I'm challenged with that question, but what I'm looking at more so is how do we bring people to the space of enlightenment mm. to realize the true spirit of God that's within them and it's true spirituality that they resonate from because it within each one of us there's a spirit that dwells within us that gravitates towards us to make us hot have higher aspirations in life to do that good as you said adding the other G or the O one to God so there's that inner calling even those atheists they have a belief even those mm -hmm. agnostics exactly. they, they have, have a belief, belief. Right. that belief may not akin them to a God or anything like that but it is that spirit nature within each one of us so once we get people to that space of enlightenment to realize there is a higher being a divinity that governs and guides them then we can begin to talk about more openly how that deities pushes them or moves them towards whether that be Allah, Jesus, or whoever they're kin to. But right. what challenges people is when you tell them you can't have this no more. Right. You can't operate without this no more. You go, I got all my I got everything I need that. We become addicted to religion to a sense that when you tell or try to wean them off of it, that's why you say like oh, excuse me for grabbing your phone, good brother. But that's why we see on social media, you talk to people and they, they come at you when you talk about Jesus because they don't want to, they don't, want, they don't take my Jesus. Mm -hmm. Don't take my Jesus because, again, that controls them because they can't understand the spirit that dwells within them, the divinity that leads and guides them. Um, and, and when we get to that space of being more enlightened, we can get to that place where we can have, uh, it's, it's an expression in uh, Rwanda called Ubehi. The community does good for the sake of the community. It's sort of like Ubuntu. I am who I am because of who we all are. It's a collective understanding that we're all knitted together in this spiritual realm of understanding how the universe and the gods brought us to this space. This is not a, a, a coincidence. This is divine encounter of minds coming together to enlighten each other, to encourage each other, so that we can go forth and build and enlighten and, and, and uh, you know, uh, uplift our people. So what we're giving to you, you're giving to us because it's in the spirit realm that's going to go forth and the universe is now complete for this moment in time because of us. Who did this? Did Jesus uh, do this? You know, did, I, you know. I believe, did, let me answer that. I mm -hmm. believe from what my studies, I've read Metu Nutta, like mm -hmm. I said, I studied the African centeredness. It was nothing can, can topping that for me. Yeah. Because what it did, it put everything in perspective. Yeah. And it goes back to a statement you made earlier and I'm going to reiterate with how it was given to me. Kevin 
Kevin Evans had told me, he said, Mandre, you have to start organizing things in your mind. Yeah. See, because we understand that, as, as Duwell said earlier, the, and you, the mind is that computer, that chip. Mm-hmm. The, I always say the brain, God gave us all a brain, we just got to use it. That's the most powerful weapon given to man is the mind. Man means mind. And as men, we are master builders of ourselves and each other. So anywhere we go on this planet and you bring someone into your life, remember, it's either we're adding on, we add, we build, we never destroy. We're not about destroying. We're not about death unless it comes to unless it comes to our own livelihood to protect ourselves. Yeah. You see what mm, I'm saying? Yeah. I will murder. I will kill. Yeah. I mean, but But I know I have to come from here first. Mm-hmm. And the, and the greatest the, the greatest fight that we all have amongst us all is that fight with self. That's the that's the one you have to conquer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I remember Duwell said that God and the Third devil four. remains in the same. Uh, uh, the God and the devil is one in the yeah. same. Uh, recently, I was yeah, at and, I, and you probably don't know this. Brother out there, not, uh, not there, uh, not there. Recently, yeah, no. I was at uh, the school. I go for for welding, right? And the brother said. God, he said, the devil gave you two eyes and God uh, gave you one. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about it, I remember telling his son, which is mm-hmm. my little, little brother, I said, listen, little brother, I said, everything that you do, remember, there's a duality, like we talked about earlier. We got masculine, right feminine, we got testosterone, estrogen. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we have, uh, like they say, good and bad, but I, I ran into a Jehovah Witness and started to do what she says, no such thing as good and bad. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that was just another level of understanding or perception. Mm-hmm. Right, so with the with the brother, I told the brother, I said, "Listen, learn how to bring everything together as one." So when I read this statement about what George said, we have to create something. We have to create a system or or structure so broad that isolation is impossible. Because we right. understand that right. divide and conquer mm-hmm. is the way. And look how from every facet of life or level that I'm able to observe divide and conquer through language. What a person says. When they say, oh, no, it's me. No, give me my shit, my shit. Right. Right? Divide and conquer. Now, he or she may not be aware that they're doing it, and their intentions may not to mean that. But, as again, just like how the brother was correcting me on my speech, right? Right. I overstood, so he didn't have to say much. You see what right. I'm saying? So the point that I was making to the brother was that you bring it all to one. Because, like he said, the devil gave you two eyes, God gave you one. To see the two eyes, let me explain this part, and then I'm going to let you go ahead and The thing about the eyes is that when you talk about the sins, you're talking about what you can see with the naked eye, Mm -hmm. right? Lust, greed, envy, and all that. So if I see a sister and I'm a man and I'm attracted, of course I'm going to look. But if I look with lust, then I've I've, already committed it. The thing about religion that I had always had a problem, I used to sit up under a man who was 66 years old, and I sat around a lot of the older brothers. So I did what Moses and them did. I was around this brother. And I learned that. You see what I'm saying? I sat around always because they gave me what I got now. This is why I'm qualified to speak the way that I speak and go anywhere I go because I stand on something now. You see what I'm saying? Then I didn't believe that because I didn't have positive reinforcement. I always got negative reinforcement coming up. So the thing with that the brother was saying about that, about the, uh, the eye thing, when you bring it on, it's your God eye, the God sense, that, that, the penile gland, the third eye. That's the eye that operates you to think on a daily day. And this brother had a powerful part about it. When you close the mind, when it's dark, it's like the canvas. And when you open it up, you can put anything on it. This didn't just happen by happenstance for us to be in this particular space and place at the same time. It's because we are the prayers of our ancestors that travel throughout the middle passage. You see what I'm saying? We are their blessing. I am my mother's blessings. You are your mother. We, we for we are because they were. That's why we're here today. 
great point. We're going to end it. I definitely want to yeah, I want to hear you. One of the most important things that we need to do right now is just briefly, because one thing <clears throat> about us, intelligence, intelligence improvise. We can improvise on the spot. You know, last year we held the whole year for six hours by ourselves. So, But what I want to know is what are you going to speak about? That's all I want to know real quick because we're going to uh, get that. Because what I want to do is from the door. Here, here's the plans. What so time? Uh, what How time? You doing, brother? Hey, What's your name? The son of Malcolm. Okay. Brother yes, Not There Law. Yes, yes sir. sir. Brother Not There. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so we are. Brother Ben X. Yes, sir. Brother Not There. That's Brother Ben yes, X. Brother Ben X come all the way from Texas. This is uh, the one I was telling okay, you Okay, this is the brother right here. Yes, yes sir. sir. So listen, we need, listen, here's what I need. We need aggressive individuals there. Okay. Mentally aggressive. Because we're going to even wave in the street 